Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. Hi everyone and a big welcome to you all on this podcast today where we have Alex Siri, and I know we're in for a real treat today. So Alex is the founder of Shifts to Success and it is the world's first accelerator for the public sector and his kind of mission really is live life on your terms, never worry about your job again and how to go from maybe being a police officer to an entrepreneur which I think is probably a bit of Alex's backstory. So we're going to be talking about Alex's view on leadership today. I know we're in for some exciting thoughts and I would like to introduce you, Alex. Well, please introduce yourself and perhaps do a better introduction than the one I did. Big welcome Uh, to you, Alex. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a great introduction. So so I really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so a bit of background. I am uh, from Nottinghamshire, so actually from Nottinghamshire Police um and i always wanted to become a police officer and just ever since the age of 17 um, when i started working for the police as a detention officer i realized that actually i uh i didn't want to become a police officer anymore and in that moment i pivoted and went into business and that first initial business was in the property industry um and uh long story short was able to resign uh build a successful company and uh never look back and then what I found was a lot of people in the police were asking me, you know, how I did things, et cetera, et cetera. And I started to realize actually there's a bit of a gap in the market here. And there's a bit of, there's a, bit of a problem because a lot of people are staying in their jobs, even though they hate their job. And um, long story short, came up with the idea of Shift Success, wrote the, uh, the book, uh, Police Officer to Entrepreneur. It's a business book to help police officers build successful companies. Um, and yeah, we started off, kicked things off. Our first event was uh, May sorry, April 2018. And now we are uh, where we are and we have about 200 members in, which is very, very exciting. Uh, we've gone global and um, yeah, we're making some impacts in people's lives, which is exciting. Well, that's, I mean, that sounds fantastic success, Alex, and congratulations to you with, with, with that progress. It's amazing. Let's talk about leadership but first before we go into that there is this this statistic that so many people are unhappy in their work I think it's something like 70 percent of of people globally this is a global phenomenon that just don't enjoy what they do Mm. why do you think that is from a leadership perspective um I think from a leadership perspective I think it might be autonomy a lot of people feel restricted and people aren't feeling valued for the work they do. And also, you know, there's bureaucracy, there's politics that put in place, there's restrictions that put in place. And when people, you know, feel like they haven't got control, I think that is a big factor when it causes unhappiness, um, big cause to unhappiness. So personally, that's what I think it's about. Um, but, you know, what I want people to realize is that, you know, it's, we hear this all the time, you've got one life. If you are unhappy, you need to do something about it. You're not coming back. This is not rehearsal. 
And something that I advocate is deathbed thinking, you know, basically meaning what would your 80 or 90 or 100 year old self say at that moment of you feeling happy, unhappy in your job. And I'm sure that person with no time left would say, what the hell are you doing? Start doing things that are going to cause you a bit more happiness. I think your your point there about feeling fulfilled is such an important one, or, or not feeling valued, you know, especially if you're working really hard, doing a lot of hours, but mm-hmm. you just don't feel that that's being recognized in any way. I mean, that's just so demoralizing yep. for so many people. So if we if we tilt that around and say, this is what's not great about leadership, not helping people to feel to feel fulfilled and valued, what do you think great leadership looks like? So my the way I come across the leadership is, is is my job as a leader is to build other leaders um not to build followers not to have eye hierarchy not to be a boss um there's too many of those around unfortunately and I think your business will only grow as fast as you grow your people uh I think your organization will only grow as fast as you grow your people so for me, my whole ethos around leadership is that my job is to give people a leg up and have other leaders around me that I've helped. Um, I think it's a common thing in, especially in jobs, I like the police, where you get a title of leader, but actually that quickly becomes a boss and a hierarchy um, kind of cultures embodied. And I believe the reason for that typically is insecurity. Um, people don't want to, people want to feel ahead of other people. And I think being in business, you just can't have that if you're serious about getting to your vision. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think if more people came from the mindset of actually growing with the people around them, I think organizations, businesses um, would be way further ahead. Than they are because essentially an organization and businesses are all about people they are indeed and that's a key well it's probably the key element of, of leadership is is leading your team isn't it working with your team so i've got two questions from that alex do you mm-hmm. think that in the police force where you experienced that that style of leadership mm-hmm. that that's ever going to shift and change um no, I, I don't, sadly. Um, and again, the reason being is because there is a psychological element of hierarchy and um, getting. So here's the thing, the police, you've got evidence in your application to become a leader that you've embodied certain something like a, a, a showed a certain behavior that like they would deem a leadership quality to get a role. And sometimes you're chucking people under the bus so you can write in your application, I've done this, so you've got a chance of getting that job. So essentially you're using someone's uh, uh, bads or or, um, situation, what they've done negatively as an example. And I think that sets straight away the wrong tone from a cultural perspective. Now, this might've changed since I've left, and that was, you know, since 2016. But um, from what I'm hearing from my clients, it hasn't changed all that much. Well, that is the epitome of how I would see leadership. And I sense it's the same with you. 
So my second question on the back of it, how do you actually create this non-hierarchical kind of leadership style in shifts to success? What do you do? How do you go about doing it? How do you find the right people? How do you yeah. make it happen? Yeah, so when we're interviewing people, I mean, when they're asking questions about me and the company and stuff like that, and sometimes they'll even mention the word boss, and there's certain things that I, I tell straight away. So number one, I don't use the word staff. I think the word staff is for people at festivals who've got staff on their high-vis jackets. <laughs> so for me, I don't use that word. Um, the word boss as well, I just tell because sometimes people naturally, naturally say it because they've come from other jobs. And I'll say to them straight away, look, I don't want to be your boss. Um, I want you to be a partner within this vision and mission. And by doing that, it not only allows you to be more uh, open so people can come to you without worry and, oh, you know, what's my boss going to say? Because you've got that preconception of what a boss is like, but also it allows people to get more involved in your vision and mission. That, you know, they're achieving this with you. They are on this journey with you and we're working this out together. And what I found is that, uh, I mean, I love my team. I mean, it, you, you attract the people you want to. Um, so for example, you know, now I don't deal with snowflakes uh, too well. And I will say things like that in the interview, you know, I'm, we haven't got a snowflake culture. I might take a bit of banter out of you. You might take a bit of banter out of me. And I think that as well kind of gets rid of that. It's almost like a boss versus employee tension. And um, it's just been a game changer for me in business and um, especially working virtually. So all my team are virtually and that seems to go down really, really well. I mean, some of the ideas that I've got from my team members have been absolutely amazing. I think they've come up with the ideas because they're not, they're going to get shot down. And again, that's another leadership quality I see, unfortunately, when people come with these ideas that somehow the leadership mentality, they know better. And actually I flip it and actually say, actually, my, my team's got better ideas than me. Why don't I think about that? So um, I think... I think a lot of it, Rebecca, is, is getting rid of ego. I think I think a lot of it is getting rid of ego. You're a human being just like them. You're the leader of the company and you've got to do certain things as your role as a leader, which is growing other people, in my opinion. Well, it, I love the, the way that you've described that and thank you for kind of sharing your views on that and how you, how you make it happen. Um, it's about extreme humanism. And I love that phrase. It comes from Tom Peters, who's who's been a guest on our podcast, it is about that human aspect of it. It, it. it is so crucial. How do you manage your team that are remote? Because I think we've had quite a few questions in um, asking about, well, we'd like to explore how our company is growing with remote teams. Yes. So uh, just to give you some background. We've got a team member who's in Cape Town, South Africa. She's been yeah. with us for about three years. We've got someone in Kent. We're hiring someone in Leicester. Uh, and one in Nottingham near me as well. So um, yeah, we've got a remote team. Uh, I've, I've always done it. It's been an amazing game changer for me from a business element, but also from happier team members. So um, I wouldn't say uh, I have to manage. So there's a, there's, a, there's a person that approached me the other day and he was very worried about hiring virtually. He says, I just don't trust, I don't, I wouldn't trust them not to do the work. And I said to him quite clearly, if you don't trust your your people to do the work without you being present, you shouldn't hire them in the first place. So the first thing before hiring is that you have to give absolute 110% trust. 
you don't give trust first, you're going to end up micromanaging. You're going to end up checking on people. You're going to end up, you know, doing your own wits in, worrying about what's being done and what's being done. You're going to drive your people insane. Um, and I've always been a big believer of um, giving trust first before. Um, and if you find out, yeah, before, before withdrawing it, if something goes wrong, okay? Yeah. And by setting clear, and when you hire people virtually, setting clear actions of their roles. And I've always said to my team, you can have flexibility, take the kids to school. You can, you know, um, clock off early if you want to. You can do this and maybe take the dogs to the vets, which happened recently. But please don't forget you're here for a result. We've got a vision at the company and these are your targets. These are your metrics and these are non-negotiable. These are what be very clear on those, those um, elements. And when people are clear of what they need to do, what they need to focus on, everything else seems to fit in place. Um, as we communicate via Zoom, WhatsApp, we've got Slack as well. So we're always in the loop. We have team meetings every single morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we share funny links and bantery things in our WhatsApp group. Um, and also we'll have quarterly reviews as well. The reason we have, uh, it might be over the top for a lot of people, but the reason we have daily meetings is that we have that morning huddle and morning huddle that share the wins, you know, let's see what the metrics were yesterday, what we're doing today, what we're going to accomplish by the week. Um, so that's a big, big thing uh, to keep the pulse on virtually. Um, also systems is a big part to play. Um, we're an online business anyway, so we kind of have them down, but um, people have the right resources to get their job done, which is really, really key. And also just giving the people the autonomy to manage their own diary. Right? These are human beings. They're not, you know, they're not like dogs or anything like that. They, they, they can manage their own diary there. They can manage certain things in their own calendars. And if anything goes wrong with that, that might not necessarily be your team's fault. That's your fault because you've not maybe given the right resources or set the right tone or give the right tasks or not been communicative enough. Uh, or you've hired the wrong person. And so there's, there's things considered like that, which have, which have really helped me, I believe, going forward. So I guess that if we had a chat with your team, they would say they feel incredibly empowered and they feel a key part of your business. I'd hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we get um, team members in, involved in our interviews with hiring other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, because typically they're some, sometimes from the same agency, the the people who are being interviewed will say to you know new team members oh what's it like because they're now working in and obviously I'm there and you know it might be because I'm there but um the feedback has, has been great so far uh, really really good stuff what are the big challenges that you have faced in growing your business big one is not being clear on who I want within my company so um, we have hired and we have fired. All right, we've had to get rid of people for performance issues and unfortunately let people go. And I think a big one for me is, you know, hiring the wrong people and getting emotionally blinded by, you know, skill sets and not actually the person behind the skill sets. So that's a big, a big learning curve for me. And just recently, and I've still not nailed it, but just recently we've started to bring uh uh, this sounds wrong, you know, better people for the company into the company. Um, and I think that's because I've become more clear on actually who I want and 
fil the, the filtering process has been better. So I think that's been a, a key challenge. Another challenge to me as well is like, um, given, given feedback has been, has been always easy, I think. And I think sometimes it can be more difficult than it is because you're worried about what a certain person may say. So for example, if a person is doing amazing uh, and they're doing great, oh my God, they're smashing their results, give feedback on that. But also the feedback that you give when they're not doing great shouldn't be a, not like a demoralizing, um, but like, you know, is there anything you need? Is there anything else support? You know, I'm here. Do you want me to pick up something? Do you want me to make some more calls for you? Do you need me to do this? Do you want me to do some help with this? That's, that's always been, I think a bit of a challenge because I don't want to feel like they're getting worried because I'm offering support. So like, I don't want them to think, oh, no, you know, Alex is worried about me and my performance and things like that. It's just that, you know, we have downtimes and I'm offering my support. So maybe that's a psychological challenge that I go through that maybe that I don't want to feel like I'm coddling them too much. If that makes sense in a roundabout way. For me, that sounds like high levels of emotional intelligence because you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes. That Thank you. I'd take that, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> but it tells you're really thinking yeah. about how they're going to react to the conversation you need to have with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm worried about them thinking, you know, about, you know, Alex is offering more support, you know, what's he going to think, that kind of thing, when actually I'm not thinking anything. I'm just actually, let's get the job done together rather than, yeah. you know, you worrying about your own job role kind of thing. So it sounds like in one of those um, challenges in recruitment where you may have recruited the wrong people. And I guess that's something we all go through because we make mistakes and we help, we learn from that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been in a place where you have held on to somebody and realized you should have made the decision a lot earlier? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, God. Yeah. And, and do you know what? If anyone listens to this and people have said it to me before as well, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a blunt saying, but, you know, hire, slow, fire, fast. Yes. That is a real good bit of advice for it anyone is. hiring. I have delayed things because I've got an emotional connection with someone yeah. and I have a laugh with them, but actually the business starts suffering and you've got to really make a decision then, which is more important. And unfortunately, if you, if you're so focused on your vision, you know, your business has to take priority. So you have to let go of people. Um, that can sting at first, the first time doing it for sure. Letting people go and things like that, especially your first, hires because you know you get excited for your business your goals and stuff and they're a part of the team but actually you've got no business if you know you're not performing so yeah that's that's been a challenge and i'll admit hands up i've probably delayed the process by probably four five six months in that when i should have let them go so um yeah i've learned from that i think it's something that um as business leaders we all go through mm. And it's a, a steep learning curve. And what I've experienced is that when I did that, my team said, why didn't you do this earlier? I mean, they could see it a mile off. Mm. And yep. I kept thinking, well, they'll turn around. They'll, they'll yep. take, take on board the, the ways to improve. Um, yep. But sometimes it never actually happens and you have to take that hard, hard decision. 
So true. People have said the same to me on the outside. Um, you know, why don't you have a conversation with them? And, you know, is it time to move on that kind of thing? And I'm like, no, you know, they'll turn it around, you know, they've listened to what my advice is and that kind of thing. And you're kind of blinded again by emotion. I think sometimes the people around, you know, know better because they can see it. They're not, they haven't got the emotional tie. Right. So, um, so yeah, the same, same with me. Do you think your leadership style has emerged from having that experience in the police force where, perhaps the leadership there really was alien to you and was it as a result of that that you've got this very um sort of compassionate empowering leadership style um i think being in the police has taught me what not to do yeah uh, for sure i think it's it's taught me how not to speak to people i thought and also because we've got nearly 200 members who are from the police the nhs etc and hearing the stories they go through with their leaders oh. I also know not what to do there. Um, but also I learn from my team every single day as well. So I think what's made me a better leader is actually being a leader. Um, because before when I didn't have team members and I wasn't in business, you know, I, I was going about my own way. But by having team members and listening to them, their concerns, their challenges, their personal issues and, you know, the, their performance and go, asking for things that they may want and pay rises and stuff like that. Um, that's made me a better leader by actually being a leader. Um, and it is trial and error. It's something that I'll always continue to develop. And I don't think I'll always have it figured out. Um, I think it's something that I'll always need developing and understanding and uh, maybe even pivoting at times based on how big or um, progressive the company gets. So um, yeah, I think it's taught me not, not what to do and not to do, but also at the same time, um, the way I've learned about it is actually having my own team. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And what about three pieces of practical advice? I mean, you work with people that are going to be setting up their own business. They're going to be making that transition from mm -hmm. being in a very secure role, uh, albeit maybe not enjoying it much, mm -hmm. to setting up their own businesses. What three practical pieces of advice would you give somebody stepping into um, having their own business, being a leader? Yeah, I think I think the first one is, you know, set the tone. So sometimes we can delegate too soon, right? And we expect someone to figure it out um, when you've not done that job yourself. So every now and then, I would do certain roles that my operations manager does, and I'll do roles that my uh, salespeople do. Of course, you know, so I still do sales quite a lot myself already, but I'll do certain things to make to realize that actually oh God, this is actually quite difficult or actually this is taking a bit of time because sometimes you can come far, so far removed, become impatient with how some things are taken, but actually you haven't done the work in a long time and you, that's, that's this, the barriers then you become that removed person. So that's number one, don't delegate too soon without doing the task yourself. I think it's a great thing to do each task in the business, especially starting out because you're spinning all the plates before you delegate. Not only can you effectively teach and lead, by doing the task yourself um, and, tra and training that person to, to actually do it. So that's number one. Number two, I think is, um, and this is just a, a, an aim of the business one is get comfortable with sales. Um, business, unfortunately, you won't have a business unless selling. All right. Uh, I think a lot of people have the uh, end, wrong end of the stick when it comes to sales and that they get this sleazy car sales oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But sales actually is about, for me, it's not about, taking someone's money although that's a that's something that has to happen it's about opening in a relationship and that only opens 
by an exchange of value, right? Um, and again, if you don't, unfortunately, you're not going to have a business. So I think that number one priority is is, um, is is sales. You need that, and you should be doing that yourself before you delegate again. Um, and in fact, you know, you should, I believe you should be the greatest salesperson in your business. And me and my sales team have a bit of a banter, and we'll you know swap numbers and stuff like that. And um, so I think that's a that's a big one. And I think the next one as well is that um, stop playing victim. Um, businesses, life's hard for us all, right? Divorce is hard. It could be working out in the gym's hard. Uh, losing a customer's hard. Uh, losing a team member is hard. It's all hard for us all, whether you have a job or a business. We've all got stuff going on in our lives, right? Uh, and I think once you remove the victim mentality, oh, why is this happening to me? And crack on and realize actually, you know, it's all hard for us all. You'll be in a much better place. Uh, be your own hero. No one's coming to save you and own responsibility, right? As soon as you own responsibility, 110% in everything, even if you're not directly involved in that thing, you have this empowerment, this control factor where actually, you know, you can put measures and things in place, systems in place or precautions in place where it just isn't as painful the next time or doesn't happen again because you took responsibility. Um, that I believe will make you a greater leader in business. Yeah. Do you think that's around mindset then? I mean, just making sure that you have the absolutely the right mindset to be resilient, tackle issues, make progress, however challenging it is. Yeah, absolutely. But sometimes people could hide behind the mindset thing by saying, oh, you know, I haven't got the mindset for it. So it's, you know, you need to develop that. You need to yeah. actually be in the mix. So there's a difference between, I read a lot of books, a lot of books and, Yes, it learns me many, many things, but actually I've practical hands-on experiences to learn me the most, you know, by actually being in business. So it absolutely is a mindset thing. Um, but I believe you're only going to really get that and feel probably more confident in it by actually being in the mix and having those problems arise. Um, and when they arise, understand that your reaction is a big contributor fact. So there's an equation that I share with my clients and also my team is E. E for Echo, um, R for Romeo equals O for Oscar. So event plus R, which is response, equals your outcome. So whatever happens, losing a customer, how you respond to that is going to determine your outcome. You've got two ways. Oh, this is so hard, you know, oh, it's, you know, that customer didn't see the value, blah, blah, blah. Or what can I learn from this? What could I have done better? What could I have uh, understood more about the customer? Now, one of those responses is going to help you one of those are going to keep you exactly where you are or, or set you back. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, I'd definitely say it's a mindset, but that's only going to be developed over time by doing things. Yeah, I love that because I think when you're facing a difficult situation, you've got two choices. You go under, say it's all too much, yeah. can't cope, can't do it, or you mm -hmm. find a way forward. And, you know, you probably um, agree with this, that there's always a solution. There's always a way forward. You just have to find it. You've, you've absolutely nailed that. You know, I, I, I always tell my clients, you know, when you feel like you've exhausted all possibilities, you haven't. Yeah. Right. There's so much more you can do. And it's funny, you know, I think Tony Robbins said this as well, but people say, oh, I've tried everything. I'm like, great, name <laughs> them. Name yeah. how many things you've tried. And they'll go, well, you know, I did this thing and this thing and this thing. That's three things, right? What else have you tried? So yeah, I think a bit more resilience and perseverance on, on tackling the problem. 
And no doubt you've had to do that yourself. Yes, con- constantly. I've probably got about five fires I need to put out after this uh, this podcast. Uh, there's always problems. And here's the thing, like you grow as a person yes. by having problems. I think people want a problem-free life, but when you have oh. a problem-free life, there's no growth. And when there's no growth, that can cause other issues such as depression and anxiety and worry and concern. So I think problems are a good thing and just realize that you get stronger. And yeah. when you climb that wall, whatever problem it is, it will never be as big again. Oh, yes, it's so true. You know, somebody said to me the other day, what have been the turning points in your life? And I said, oh, I thought about that for a moment. I thought, my goodness, they've all been challenges mm. that, <laughs> that yeah. you've learned from. So getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is a phrase that I really like because mm-hmm. for me, um, really embrace, if everybody could really embrace that, we would be moving forward. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, Alex, as we kind of, begin to wrap up and you've shared some wonderful insights with us and I've got a real sense of passion and enthusiasm um, from you what would you tell your younger self that you know you know now that you didn't know when you were younger start sooner and don't be afraid of making mistakes Uh, I think when I was 18 I was so held back by uh, making mistakes and what people would think and looking like a failure, but realizing actually failure and success come hand in hand. You're not going to succeed without failing. You're not going to succeed without having to go through the problem. So being a bit more bullish, being a bit more aggressive with my risk taking at 18, uh, I didn't get started until I was 24. And looking back, I think, uh, yeah, I, gr- I regret. I probably have. I mean, I'm 31 now, but I, I wish I started a lot sooner. Um, that is probably... What I'd say to anyone listening at a younger age or what I tell myself at a younger age. So if you take that, what you would what started earlier, is that because you felt you had a passion, but you just didn't quite bring it through to uh, fruition or? Yeah. So for me, I so saw my story. So I was, uh, I went, so my old bring, my dad left at 10. Uh, my mum uh, didn't have a great relationship with my mum. Uh, by the age of, I think, 18 to 21, I was suicidal and depressed. And uh, I got kicked out of home when I was about 21 or 20. And uh, looking back, I mean, that, that made me who I am right now. Um, but I just wish I probably wasn't as scared as much. I wish I stepped up sooner. I wish I stopped playing victim. I wish I took responsibility sooner. And I think the reason I didn't was because I was so worried about if I failed, there's no net. Uh, if I failed, um, you know, what would my friends or my mother or, or father say, or, you know, and uh, how would they think of me as a, as a failure and things like that was going through my head. I think as a younger person, you're so concerned about what other people think. And what I've realized now at 31 is I just don't care what people think. Um, of course, my team, my customers, of course, that's not, that's, business right but when it comes to my content my own podcast you know things I put out there on Facebook Instagram I just share my thoughts and that is true freedom um and that is you know a big thing for me freedom not only the financial element and business but also actually freeing here your mind and um when I was younger I just didn't have that I I know I didn't and it took me quite a while to now 30 when my 30 I went through this period where I felt very confident speaking. I just didn't care about people's reactions and, you know, how, you know, they thought of me. 
Uh, and since I've done that, I've become happier. I've become um, less stressful. I've brought people closer to me, repelled those uh, away from me who aren't resonating with my message. And I've just been all around a better human being. Um, and I just wish more people at uh, a younger age would go from that, go down that route earlier because I think that is one thing that holds them back. What my friends say, what will my parents say? Um, and it just traps people, unfortunately. So yeah, that's what I'd probably say. I think Alex, you know, to have um, achieved that at 31 is quite amazing because I know people who are a lot older than that and still um, have those concerns and doubts and that haven't broken out of that yet. Mm. So, you know, I think it's great that you've achieved it. And as you say, it brings to, it's about your authenticity, isn't it? Being you, being who you are and you know, encouraging those around you to, to be the same. Yeah, it, it just takes, it just, and that's another leadership, right? You, it's yeah. for, for you to, to, for me to say, you know, don't be so bothered about what people concern. You've got to do it yourself, right? It's got to be a place from congruency. And yes. um, it hasn't been easy. And you'll always get, you know, people who, you know, call them Karens, don't we, in society, but people who go against, you know, what you say and they'll always pop up to disagree with you. But by doing that and expecting it, it actually becomes, you know, like a bit of fun now. It's like, I'm going to put this piece of content out. I know someone out there is going to disagree and you're not going to get everyone, everyone liking you. Right. And in fact, you shouldn't want that. All the successful people have been around in society, whether it's Donald Trump, people loved him. People hated him. Right. He he came into power. He's a president. So people loved him. But obviously I know there's a lot of people who dislike him. If you think about Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler, people loved him back in the day, but of course, you know, it was a lot, you know, we did what he did and then people hate him. Mother Teresa, people disliked Mother Teresa, loved Mother Teresa. So whether you love them or hate them, you know about them. And I think that is uh, is a good place to be. I can't imagine many people hating you, Alex. I, I, trust me, I, I get some trolls now and then. I, I I definitely get the odd trolls. I get the uh, the Karens coming on, on Facebook and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll continue to get You can't have... 7 billion people love you, right? There's no, you always good. You could have the cure for, for cancer and someone's going to say, you know, you shouldn't do that because, you know, the population is going to grow, right? Yeah. You're always going to get someone who disagrees with you. And once you come from a place of understanding that, you become more free because it's just a thing that's going to happen, just like night follows day or day follows yeah. night. Lift the shackles, remove the shackles. Be you, because yeah. that's what we're all here to be. We're here to be ourselves because exactly. we have something amazing to offer. Exactly. And you realize, actually, sometimes we think, oh, those people are going to think about this thing about me, but they're not. They're so they're focused not. on their own problems, their own issues, that yeah. they're actually so focused on their life. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, it comes back to that one life mentality. What would your deathbed uh, person say? What would you in your deathbed think? And, uh, yeah, I just don't want to have no regrets when I'm there. Well, that's where we started. And, and, and thank you for that. And we're going to wrap up now. So as we wrap up, Alex, is there anything that you'd really like to share with our audience, maybe exciting projects or anything that you would like, how they could get in touch with you or whatever it might be? Sure. Yeah. So obviously Shift Success, we're, we're a business training company uh, for the public sector. So if you're in the police, if you're NHS or any of the public sector roles, um, come and have a chat. If you dislike your job. If you're happy with the job, we're not about taking those uh, people and helping them build a successful business unless you want something else. 
Um, we've also got the Shift Success podcast. It's very businessy. Um, and also we've got a, a project called Invest Into Success, which is about uh, building and maintaining your wealth to leave a legacy um, beyond your time. So, uh, so yeah, I'm all happy to have a chat. Thank you, Alex. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. Me too. It's Thank been, you for having me. It's been inspiring and fun. You've shared lots of great ideas and insights. So thank you very much indeed for your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.